Joining us on the program today, we have State Representative Dick Lowe of Amber. Dick, it's always good to have you on the show. Well, it's good and, to be here. And your cohort, Brad Bowles from Marlowe, State Representative. So, Brad, thanks for coming in. George, always good to be here. I like to have you guys double team uh, our audience because uh, we get uh, views from both of you guys' perspectives, and uh, we got the legislative session uh, opening up on Monday. We sure do. Uh, Monday, uh, February 7th, we'll open up. Uh, Governor Stitt will uh, start up at noon with the uh, State of the State, and uh, that's when everything will really get kickstarted. So the big news is that about uh, estimated about $10.3 billion, perhaps, right around that area to spend this year? Yeah, the, the numbers are looking good, and we're, we're very excited about that. Uh, we start looking at receipts, and uh, our state treasurer, Randy McDaniels, had just we released something again yesterday uh, of our numbers, and they're looking good. Now, the one thing, and I did take from that, and I think our, all the listeners, I hope they understand what we're saying, is you have to realize there's a lot of federal money in there come from the COVID relief uh, tied into our tax because of it. So you, you want to take that. That's one-time money. It's not going to be a repeat every time. But uh, with that, uh, I think we're coming in, and I know uh, Representative Bowes will talk that he deals with it quite a bit, but I think that our, our – our thoughts patterns right now is we need to make sure we put plenty of back in savings because we've all been through this up and downs. And you never know when the down period's going to be coming, especially right now we got oil prices over $90 a barrel. That's amazing. That's right. So, things are good in the oil and gas industry, but as you know, things also can go the other way pretty quick as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just to, on that note, uh, we actually had more than a half a billion dollars in GPT increases last year. In revenue that's received, the gross production tax. That's correct. Versus the year before, so I mean that's a half a billion dollar swing to the positive, but it can also swing back the other direction. So we don't want to have that money allocated to uh, every you know our operational expenses, because in the next year if it's not there, we're in trouble. And I I know we just got through last week with most of our. Uh, reviews and budget reviews and performance reviews and i don't know if i saw a single one of them didn't ask for more money just because we looks like we do have some money in there uh we i think the the house and i think the all legislature will be very careful this year as we go into that we we want to take and take care of our core values without a question or core uh cost in there but uh we do want to be careful with our finances with that and i think it's important that uh, we we need to make strategic investments uh for our state in different areas um, you know, but we also want to not just increase every single agency's budget just because we have more money. So we want to make smart, calculated, strategic investments, but also put money back in our uh, our savings as well. So who do you depend on to give you input? Uh, you know, again, every agency wants more money. So who do you rely on to say, okay, you know, your X agency is going to get a ten percent increase. Y agency is going to get a five percent increase. And and that all comes from back that we. We're broke up into different committees that we serve on, and, and uh, my my big committee would be education, and I deal heavy in education. I serve as vice chair of appropriation budget for education, which is just about fifty three percent of the whole budget, and so we we see a lot of numbers in there. So we we uh, kind of depend on upon those committees, whereas Representative Bowles, I know, is an energy, that's expert, he's expert in that field. So we try to look at those in the House as well as in the Senate that are maybe, I don't know if you call us experts, but we have a lot of knowledge within those fields. And uh, we look at, at their budgets, we look at where they spent their money last year, what we need to do ahead of times. And so that, that's where we probably get more of our expertise in ideas. And really, that just filters its way up. Uh, you know, each committee, as Representative Lowe talked about, 
basically makes uh, recommendations to the uh, the full budget committee, and then uh, you know the full budget committee reviews each committee's recommendations, and then uh, the budget chairman and the speaker and uh, his team negotiates with the the Senate's leadership team, and then also with the governor's team, and they come together with a, a budget package that we all have to vote on. Uh, let's talk about. Uh you were recently appointed to a regional national committee with uh, kind of deal with, with with some energy issues right there's a uh, there's a like a coalition of 15 different states uh, like a southern leadership conference and uh, each state uh, has a delegation of different members and I'm on the energy council and so I'll be representing Oklahoma with a few other members uh, in that committee and with 15 other states members as well. And it's a good opportunity to kind of learn what other states are doing in energy policy and, and also talk about what we're doing in Oklahoma and kind of share best practices and see how we can improve our policies and, and also, you know, recommend our policies to other states that, you know, if, if we feel like we're doing something good that maybe they can learn from as well. And I'm excited a bit to uh, announce that I've been put on the agricultural committee of that same group, uh, which is big for Grady County, especially my northern part of Grady County that I represent. And, uh, and so uh, – I look forward to uh, to seeing other ideas, but uh, Oklahoma's been doing a lot of things right, and we're we're excited about sharing that also. And uh, I know we've talked when you guys were on before. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, talk about uh, the medical marijuana legislation and uh, properties and everything with that. It's been it's been interesting to say the least. Yeah, I, I, that would be an understatement to say it's been interesting. Uh, we we work together, and I, I have the privilege in, to work with Representative Bowles on some interim studies. And, and, you know, it's always better than have one person's been perhaps several persons in, in working towards it. And, and we work together on the uh, Avalorum tax protest on an interim study, which was, gosh, uh, we did th- a full day on that study, which is kind of amazing to do that. Uh, we had the room full. We we could have about sixty five in the room. We had somewhere between three and five hundred on Zoom watching in on it. So I guess that would you call that a popular topic in there. And so, and I know uh, Representative Bowles is running some bills on it as well as I am. You mentioned uh, the ad valorem tax protest, and what do you think might be coming out of that? Well, I can kind of give you an idea, uh, just a little bit. Just. Uh, There'll be some issues on the third-party appraisers that we have being used by the different counties. The we, statutes make some statements in there. They're not supposed to pay part of negotiations. Maybe that's not clear. We're going to make that very clear that they we need the assessors doing the negotiations. That That's where they're charged with doing. So that's one that I'm carrying. Also, we're going to require the assessors. Uh, one of the bills would co- require the assessors to go back and get a little more training through wind towers it as well as oil and gas and uh try to may maybe get them more familiar than they're just turning it over to somebody else and that that's just two of the ones that i'm running yeah that's critical to the school districts because uh, they're relying on those ad valorem taxes that uh, some companies are protesting and they've been in kind of in just kind of sitting out there and they you can't you can't tap into it you can't use it until these protests are all settled. Absolutely, and it was—it's such a big deal. And I know it's kind of behind the scenes for the, the typical public. But if you talk to your superintendents, most of them tell you that, "Hey, this is hurting us." And and some of them, and I know some of, uh, of course, uh, Representative Bowles and I split Grady County about fifty-fifty, and we kind of split Grady uh, Chickasha. I have probably a little more of Chickasha, but we both represent Grady County. Grady County has the biggest number of dollars in. Escrow than any county in the state of Oklahoma. So 
to say it's a big issue for Grady County is very big. It's definitely a big issue. It's 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 a tough issue for the schools. It's a tough issue for the industry as well. I mean, there's just not much stability there. Um, industry has a you know they have issues with the the current system because you know one county may charge a lot more tax than the county right next next door for the same assets, and then also the school districts have you know instability as well because they're expecting this tax to come in every year to fund their school. And there's there's some schools that have four or five years of back taxes that they haven't got paid because they're they're in court at the moment. So you know we're trying to figure out a system that works for all parties involved. That's a fair, reasonable process. Let's talk about a couple of the pieces of legislation, Brad, that you're going to be trying to work on this this session. Well, there's I filed a, about twelve or thirteen bills, but the the top seven bills that I think are the most important uh, out of those, one of them uh, I think that's important for Grady County. Uh, and uh, specifically is it's house bill 3037 it's a municipal drilling fund for road repairs and maintenance um you know in in oklahoma we have a lot of money that comes from the oil and gas industry that goes uh, through gross production tax it goes to the state it goes to the counties it goes to the school districts but one area that we don't really get any funding for is municipalities and for roads and as you know in chickasha and tuttle and blanchard and and uh you know all these communities in Grady County, all this traffic goes through these cities to get to the old sites, but these cities don't have the money to replace the roads or to fix them properly. And so what we're looking at doing is taking some money out of the uh, red dye diesel sales tax fund that goes to the state and putting that into a grant that ODOT will oversee and then allow uh, municipalities to apply for some of that money each year. And they'll have to put up some matching funds as well, but they'll have to use that money to uh, use to fix roads in their municipality and they have to prove that that road's been damaged by the oil and gas activity you can see why i'm excited to work with representative Bowles. he comes up with some great ideas and i think it's that's one that's really good and you mentioned earlier about the marijuana um there's 52 bills filed in the House. 52. In the marijuana. And that doesn't count what's filed over in the Senate. Yeah. That's just what's in it. Now, I will tell you, and, and I told Representative Bowles this earlier, most of our your listeners have probably read the paper or seen it on TV or on the news. So I want all these bills and get these see basically uh, press releases. If you see a press release or hear a press release on a bill, that's maybe the last time you'll hear anything about that bill because usually those bills are not going to get heard. They're, they're wishes. But they're not realities. But uh, of the fifty-two bills in uh, <coughs> the fifty-two bills that we have in the uh, House coming in, I would guess, and this is a guess, probably twenty-five to maybe thirty of them will actually get heard, even in committee. Um, most of them, there are things we'd like, but the law doesn't really allow. And you know, it's, it doesn't. If we just like it. That's great. But there's a there's a situation. If you know that bill is going to go immediately to the Supreme Court to get overturned because of the what the people passed, so we won't do that. Won't be able to fly. Now, some things that I, I'm running actually two bills on it. Uh, one of them is uh, well, we've got several in, in pieces in there we worked on. One of them is uh, we don't know where the which ones are quote quote legal or not legal. Uh, we, I have uh, actually my uh, sweet maid up there, Representative Potowski, is going to be running one to be just like an oil field. to be a sign out there, here's our license number, here's our contact number. We need that. We don't have any idea what who, who to even contact, whether it's fire, whether it's 
issue, whatever. We don't even know who to contact. So that's one thing we're running. Um, yeah, there's I'm, a lot of the raids of the illegal operations. Right. Uh, they they have the, the legal paperwork and all that. Yeah, but um, but you know if we don't know, so we're uh-huh. just doing. There's about uh, through our we did a, a day and a half of interim studies on that. I did with Representative Newton as well as uh, a couple others we worked on, and so we're going to throw about eight. There are about eight bills coming out of that. One of them, I know farmers and ranchers that are listening this morning will say, "What about spraying?" We can't spray our pastures. Well, the trouble is with spraying that drift laws or federal laws are not state laws. We don't get a chance. Now, sometimes I'd really like to handle some of the federal laws and get them straightened out, but we can't overrun federal laws. So we're going to do um, We're one of the uh, bills that uh, Representative Newton is going to run for us is that they will – Sign up, have to sign up to what we call the sensitive crop registry, which we did the same thing when the grape industry came in. That way we know where those sensitive crops, by being able to get a hold of them, we can say, okay, hey, we need a spray. We need to work with you. And so, we again, we're wanting to work together. We're wanting to work together. We're not trying to run anybody out of business. And with that, we're with the bills we're going to roll out there, I think we does a better job of that. So an, another bill that I'm working on, and also give a lot of credit to Representative Lowe. I mean, I know he's spent a lot of time on this medical marijuana stuff, and we in Grady County we do have a lot of issues we're trying to get worked out, and he's taken a lot of lead on that. And you know, I look forward to working with him as well on that. I never know two years ago that I'd be known as a marijuana guy. I, I didn't know anything, and <laughs> yeah. I still don't want to. But uh, but that's kind of been forced upon us by what's in the county. Well, and I just want to reiterate as he talked about. I mean, we're not trying to. Uh, push the legitimate business out of business. Uh, a lot of those are Oklahomans that are doing things the right way. But a lot of this stuff that we're trying to do in the legislature is actually being requested by those Oklahomans in business in the medical marijuana industry. And they do, they want to push out the bad actors just as much as uh, we do. So we're trying to do better with enforcement and do better with uh, taking care of the people that are doing things the right way and <clears> – <throat> The people that aren't doing things the right way, trying to weed those people out. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. One of the bills I just happened to think about. I'm running it in in the law that was passed by the electorate, or the people. The OMMA can only inspect a marijuana grow or dispensary twice a year, only. That doesn't make sense. I don't want the food industry here only. I want them to come in maybe twice a year. We're going to try to get, delete that, that when time they feel like there's a need to come in, they can come in. I know there's an issue about uh, lack of enforcement. They, they need they need people to enforce the laws that are on the books. We're getting more. We're getting more. I think the last time we talked, we had eight. Uh, the last I saw, 45, and I may be wrong. I know we – I tell you what, we, we've got a new director, Adria Barry, is doing just a fabulous job. And it's so good to be able to work with somebody that's – out there really working to try to get this under control but yeah we've got more hired but we, i think we still need some more but we're, we're working on it another bill you might uh sure be working on so there's another bill uh, in the energy sector i'm working on uh we had a hydrogen task force this year that That's i right. had opportunity to participate Didn't on we talked about that last time you were on if right. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. i think we were just beginning that <clears throat> yeah. task force mm-hmm. at the time uh myself and representative mcbride were on it from the house and then uh the Senate was represented by uh, Kim David, Senator Kim David. And so we had an opportunity to work with uh, leadership of the governor's team and many other members in Oklahoma on this council. And what we've discovered is Oklahoma is well positioned to uh, participate in the hydrogen uh, industry. Hydrogen is a new alternative fuel 
that uh, is really kicking off all across the world. And, uh, you know, in Europe, it's really big. And in America, it's really coming around as well. And it's being driven a lot by Wall Street. Uh, you know, it's a clean alternative fuel. But also it uses natural gas to uh, as in a component of what makes hydrogen. And so, as you know, Oklahoma has a lot of natural gas. Uh, actually, most of what is drilled in Oklahoma is for natural gas. And so uh, it also uses uh, a solar, I mean, not solar, wind, also uses uh, water as well. So we're, we've got a lot of water in northeastern Oklahoma, eastern Oklahoma. We've got a lot of wind in this part of Oklahoma and got a lot of natural gas as well. So we're well positioned. It takes pipelines to move it. Uh, we have a lot of pipelines in Oklahoma, more than most states. We're well positioned in the Midwest. And uh, so if you look around at all of the variables that it takes to be successful in this industry, we have that. And so um, we got with a lot of the stakeholders that would take to uh, be successful in this industry with the energy sector. And everyone kind of put their heads together and what it, would it take for Oklahoma to be successful. And we put together some policies that we feel that we need to advance in the legislature to put Oklahoma in a good position. And also the federal government is putting together four hydrogen hubs across the country. And each hub will be about a $2 billion economic impact to wherever they put it. And our goal is to put Oklahoma in a position to, if not get one of those hubs, to be a regional player for that hub. And so we're working with Louisiana and Arkansas to uh, compete for one of those one of those hubs. And so we're trying to line our policy in place where when the federal government looks at what we're doing, they're, they say, hey, this is a really good location. And so – the economic impact for Oklahoma would be huge for that. So one of the bills I'm running on the House side is uh, exempting the hydrogen vehicles. Hydrogen vehicles are uh, overweight compared to normal commercial vehicles, kind of like compressed natural gas was when that got going. And, you know, right now they wouldn't be able to drive across Oklahoma roads. And so if we're going to have that industry here in Oklahoma, we have to allow for their vehicles to be able to transport the fuel. And so we're running a bill that exempts their weight, just like we did for compressed natural gas. And so I'm running that bill, and ODOT's uh, in support of that bill as well. And, uh, you know, just since the task force has completed, there's been an announcement in Ardmore that there's going to be a, a multi-million dollar hydrogen plant uh, go into place. And that's just the first one. There's many more we feel that will be coming our way soon. And so we're trying to be uh, – we're an all-of-the-above energy state. We're not just – we love oil and gas, and we want to be a leader in that, but we're a leader in wind. We're coming around in solar, and we think hydrogen – uh, we can be a leader in that as well going forward. And this is going to be a billion-dollar industry in the future. Yeah, got, you've got to be proactive uh, in trying to uh, go after some of these uh, growing industries. It's so exciting to me is, is having Representative Bowles work on this and getting ahead of this game. So many times we, we're behind. And for once, I think the state is, is jumping out in front and, and to see that. Uh, one of the things that uh, another one of the bills that I'm going to be running this time is a uh, financial literacy in our schools. We have that now, but they start teaching at 7th grade. 7th through 12th is when we teach financial literacy. Um, a 7th grader teaching about credit scores and so on, they're not ready for that. It's too far from the time they're actually going to be going out. So uh, I had a group come to me that was very concerned about that, and we're running it with um, – with, uh, with a senator author also, and so we run it both ways so we can get it through quickly. But it would take the financial literacy and teach it at the 11th to 12th grade. 
just for these students to get out into the real world. And um, we think that's important. We don't want them mm-hmm. just. We don't want to check the box. We did this. We want to make sure it's valuable to us. And uh, so I'm excited about that. Dude. That's the only education bill I'm running this year, but I'm very excited about that education bill. Yep, you got to get the kids uh, doing that. Or- their, their checkbook and their bank accounts, savings accounts, and all that. And, exactly. And then uh, and, you know, get that into middle school and early high school. And, yeah. So, so if we get it into where they actually mm-hmm. they're going to use this, I mean, we everybody that's listening, you and I and uh, represent, we do it every day. We have to know these things to be able to to function out in our and be a productive citizen. We really need to help our kids out. I mean, I'm. It, maybe I was taught at home. I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's just all different. But we have got to make sure that we uh, prepare our students, not just on math and the English and so on, but prepare them to survive out here. In, in the in you know, if you look at our credit card debt across this nation, evidently someone doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, a couple minutes left, Brad. So, yeah. anything else you want to highlight uh, for the upcoming session? Yeah, you know. Uh, this is going to be an exciting session. This is a election year uh, for our state, so we got all of the House members up for election, half the Senate, and most of the statewide races, such as governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general. So, election years are always exciting. Um, a lot of things that'll be going on. We have. So, good- how do you split your time running for re-election and trying to take care of the state's business? Well, in the House, we're always running yeah. for election. <laughs> so, <laughs> every two, every every two, two years, years. So it seems like it's right around the corner. But uh, you know, but you know, it's. The number one thing is taking care of business up there and in our district. We're always doing that around the clock, no matter if we have election or not. And um, but you know, I think we're going to have an exciting time this year. We got a good budget. Uh, we got a good policy. We got good policies, good bills coming up. But also, there's some policies that aren't good. And sometimes the best thing we can do up there is not to pass bills. It's to actually such no, as no. you have some in mind that you. Well, are. I'm not going to. Call out anyone's okay. bills because everyone thinks your bills are good. <laughs> but as we talked about, 70% of bills don't make it through committee for a reason. And I think only 5% of bills make it into law. And so there's a good vetting process we have. I think our our founding fathers of our uh, state constitution did a good job of doing that. And so when people in the audience hear, hear all these bills get filed, as Representative Lee talked about in press releases or on the news, just remember only about 5% of the bills that get filed every year actually make it into law. And so – don't get too upset when you hear about a, a bill that you really don't like. Contact your representative, your senator, me, Representative Lowe. We'd love to hear from you, answer your questions, concerns, and, uh, you know, that's what we do. That's our job, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, one bill I remember hearing about just the uh, last couple months is uh, the daylight savings time. Uh, that's... I think we'll probably yeah. hear that bill. Be honest, yeah. uh, that's one I do. That I think we saw a release on it. I I could tell you my uh, response back from people in the district, they want it. I can actually tell you that was the one bill. But last year when I got elected, my mother actually says I want one thing. She goes, "What's that?" She goes, "I want a daylight savings deal." And I said, "Well, why?" She goes. Because I'm tired of changing my clocks. And I said, Mom, I'm not going to the floor and tell people my mother's tired of changing her clocks. But now we have had a lot of input. I have had a lot of input from from Chickasha, really honest, that say, you know, we'd like to see that done. And so, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see all the data that we see on that. So that bill gets filed every year. Yeah. And this is my fifth session. So I've learned a lot about this daylight savings time after four sessions now. So one thing I learned is we can't, Pass full full year round daylight savings unless Congress right. gives us the approval. Mm-hmm. That's a congressional deal. Uh, There's a lot of states that have passed it, 
but it, it, but it's still pen- Congress. It's still to- pending Congress approval, yeah. and Congress hasn't ever given approval to states to make it year round yet. Now we could actually pass year round, uh, the current time, not daylight savings, but the current time we can make that year round. But I've never talked to anyone that wants the current time year round, and so it's interesting how that works yeah. out. But. Um, and that's what the bill says. It's not current time. It's on daylight savings. Right. So <clears throat> if we pass that, it would be – we could pass it, and it would go in our state statute, but it wouldn't go into effect until Congress gives the states the rights to change it. Right. And remember, we're still a red state that doesn't bode well in federal right now to get something we want in there. So, you know, it, it'd be a it'd be a hard deal. Right. So as you mentioned, uh, you guys are available. Uh, go to the okhouse.gov website to find – your phone numbers and your uh, legislative assistance, uh, I know, uh, have Excellent. you guys' backs uh, all year round. We're both blessed with great assistance, mm-hmm. and they do a great job for us. And so sometimes you may not talk to us directly. You may talk to our assistants, but don't think they're, they're just handling without talking to because they do. But, uh, but They get it done, right? Basically. They do. They, they always get back with us. They let us know what you say when you contact us. Email us as well. Mm-hmm. We review those emails. Uh, we get back with you, and also come visit us at the Capitol. The, I mean, that's your Capitol, and it's your house, so we'd love to see you and uh, give you a tour or uh, have you in our office and meet with you. And if you haven't been to the Capitol in years, it looks different. It is pretty. The, the reconstruction, the redoing of it is, is really nice. Um, I'm, I'm very excited um, to be to have someone come up and visit us because we do have it every once in a while. Have some of our constituents come up, and we're, we're excited about that because we want to hear from you. Um, I, I know that Representative Bowles and I are both running again, and we're excited to serve this area. And you know, the way we serve is hearing from our people. That's the way we serve effectively is hearing from our people. Now we hear from some quite continually and but you know when we hear from a cross section that really does help us know exactly to what the district is wanting and a lot of times we work great together as well like Mm -hmm. if we have a tough bill that we got to vote on we get together because we do share grady county and say hey what have you heard what and we talk to each other about different feedback we've gotten and and you know collaborate on that as well and so when people from grady county reach out to one of us we also talk to each other also good to have great communication so it's Good to have. All right, gentlemen, have a great legislative session, and I'm sure we'll have you back uh, sometime uh, mid-session or so to talk about uh, some updates and things like that. So thanks for coming in today. We really appreciate it. We appreciate it. It's been our pleasure.